Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, it's Seat Kulazinac. Welcome to the Arsenal Audio Program. Premier League, Saturday, January 20th, 2018. Arsenal vs Crystal Palace, kick-off 3pm. The contents. The boss, Arsene Wenger. The captain, Pair Metasaka. Voice of Arsenal. Exclusive pair interview. Konstantinos Mavropanos. Youth. Young Gun, Toby Omole. Match action, Chelsea versus Arsenal. Women, community, club culture. Match action, Bournemouth versus Arsenal. Visitors, Crystal Palace. Unseen Arsenal, pressure points. 1998, match action, Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal. My story, and teams. The boss, Arsene Wenger. The boss is calling for a big improvement offensively today. Arsene was talking to Rob Kelly. This afternoon is all about our performance. Crystal Palace were in a good run before we played against them, and since then they have had positive results again, so we just have to focus on our performance and make sure that we win the game. It's important for us to respond well to what happened at Bournemouth. Our defeat there was a baffling one, because when you watched it from the stands, you could see two or three different teams in the same game. We looked very solid, very focused, and then suddenly we made two mistakes without being put under pressure. After having shown the solidarity during midweek at Chelsea, we suddenly suffered from being defensively naive. I must say, it was a very physical game against Bournemouth, and we suffered a little bit physically from having given a lot in the Carabao Cup. When you look at the results of all the teams who played midweek in the League Cup, none of them won. Maybe we lost a little bit of physical freshness in this game. That's maybe why we lost in the last 20 minutes. I'm not concerned about the spirit. I'm concerned about the fact that when it matters we are not dangerous enough. We are not sound enough at the back. Where it matters is in your box, and where it matters is in the final third. Offensively, we didn't look dangerous enough. We looked a bit lacklustre in the final third, not sharp enough to create chances, and that's why as well when you are 1-0 up, normally you should create more to be dangerous, and we paid for that. It was a combination of the two which made us pay a heavy price. But, as I mentioned, we need to respond and having three of the next four matches at home is a boost. We have to bounce back and focus on our performances. We must wipe out what we didn't do well. 
We made some positional mistakes, so therefore we have to focus on our game, and that is to go forward and create chances. That's what we want to do. One of the positives to come out of the match at Bournemouth was Jack Wilshire's performance. Jack is in very good form, but what you want is for your team to win, and every player has to have an influence on the team's performance. When you lose a game, everybody goes home and thinks, I've not done what I should have done. I believe that what is important to us is not to focus too much on individual players, it's to focus on team performance. If you look at the defensive numbers of the whole team, we have to improve on that front. Everybody. We have to create more chances than we did at Bournemouth and focus on that rather than focus on any individual performance. We need to focus on what is important for us. That means the performance, the way we want to play, reminding the players of our goals for the season, the targets we have and how important every game is now for our future. The best way to not be distracted is to focus on what we want to achieve. Since our match at Bournemouth, Theo Walcott has joined Everton. My memories on Theo go for over 12 years. Personally, I'm very attached to him because he's a person who is intelligent, has complete integrity, total commitment and focus on his job. I remember he arrived here at the age of 16 and went to the World Cup straight away. Of course, when you look back, he scored important goals in big games, in cup finals or Champions League games or the local derbies where he put in outstanding performances against Tottenham. He was 100% focused and he had that instinct to score vital goals. I think his story is worth a film because he arrived here at the age of 16 and went to the World Cup without having played a game in the Premier League. He has not been to a World Cup since, so I wish that he maybe has the luck to play in the competition and then, this time, he'll be in a different position. I just regret what happened, but he didn't play enough recently. He was also a mental and moral leader inside the dressing room with absolute integrity, and he's a big loss on that front as well. I wish him well, and thank him for everything he has done for us. I'm sure he will be very successful in his life, and he will always be welcome here. In terms of our team news for today's game, we have some positive updates. We should have Laurent Kojelny and Nacho Monreal back, plus maybe Mesut Ozil as well. Olivier Giroud is one week away, and we have an uncertainty over Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who has had the flu. Enjoy the game. The Captain Pair on how we can turn around... Our poor start to 2018. We obviously haven't been pleased with our start to 2018. We get to win a game so far and the key to changing that today is to understand what we have to learn from what's gone wrong. When you play against a team like Bournemouth and look pretty solid for 70 minutes and then things break down as they did, you need to quickly understand what went wrong and how we can improve. In training this week, it's been about focusing on what went wrong for us there. That doesn't mean by blaming each other or giving up, but by developing ourselves and learning 
how we can improve our performances and our togetherness on the pitch. It's been really frustrating for us all not to win games in which we found ourselves in good positions. Against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup, we always responded in a very positive way when they threatened. At Bournemouth, we couldn't do that. We made multiple errors, missing the situation to press and then opening ourselves. We were 1-0 up and we didn't get it right after that. We didn't deliver what was required at that moment to give ourselves a better chance to defend the lead. The next step for us really has to be to improve that. We need to be at the highest effort level required, period. It's imperative that we have that level of urgency and physical effort. Bournemouth was, of course, a big disappointment, but I wanted to praise Jack Willishier, not just for that performance, but for his recent ones in general. Jack is leading at the moment, and that's what we want from him. He's showing what he's capable of. Jack's made some good decisions, both for himself and health-wise, to evolve and get better as a person and as a player. It's all coming together now, and it's clear that he's been challenging himself every day. He's a positive influence on the whole team, and that's what I require from everyone in this squad. Jack is a perfect example of that. He's had setbacks, he's had his difficult times, but he's battled back from them. Nothing was given to him, he's worked for it, and he's reaping the rewards. In the time I've known Jack, he's matured big time. He takes advantage of the opportunity he has every single day now. That means sleeping well, eating well, training well, and that all comes together at the end to maximise what you can produce on the pitch. Going through what he has with all the injuries, it's made him tougher. Now he can really step up. He's never lost his calmness on the ball, his vision, nor his cleverness. But he can build on that with everything he's learnt and it's brilliant to see an English player evolve like that and really try to improve and make things happen. On the subject of English players, I was sad to see Theo Walcott leave this week, but that's football. Sometimes people move on because they need a fresh challenge. I played alongside Theo for a long time and got on so well with him. He was such a respected and valued member of this team. He wasn't selected that much this season, but he kept his professionalism and we always stood together in good and bad times. Theo and I had that special celebration with the bump. We created memories together and I speak on behalf of the whole squad when saying I'd like to wish him the very best, that he's happy and gets lots of games. Francis Coquelin has left us too, and was another big character. He was really committed to training hard every day, and making sure he was always as prepared as possible, just as Theo was here. Francis loves this club, and had to make the difficult decision to leave for more playing time. Again, I'd like to wish him all the very best. He gave us aggression, which was much needed. He was never shy to give his absolute all to put his body on the line in matches and on the training pitch.
So we've had a few departures and a new arrival too in Konstantinos Mavropanos. He likes to be known as Dinos. He's eager to learn and to develop very quickly. In terms of speaking the language, learning what's required and in putting in extra work, we're already working together on extra sessions. I'm trying to be involved in those, offering my support and guiding him. In his first training sessions, he's shown some promise and now it's about evolving his game. We need to work out what he will benefit more from. Is it training with a competitive first team or is it getting playing time and going abroad again? That's something we need to work out. At the moment, we're working hard together. Let's get back on track today. We are the Arsenal and we want to engage everyone, every player, every fan. That's what we need to do today. It requires effort from us all. Thanks for your support. Voice of Arsenal. Theo heads to Everton. After 12 years at Arsenal, Theo Walcott has left the club and joined Sam Allardyce's Everton. Theo joined us from Southampton in January 2006, aged just 16, having broken the record as their youngest first-team player. He spent 12 years with us and made 397 appearances, scoring 108 goals. Theo made his debut in August 2006, coming on a substitute against Aston Villa in the first match of the season, Emirates Stadium's first game, and made an immediate impact, teeing up Gilberto for a late equaliser in a 1-1 draw. He scored his first goal for the club in the 2007 League Cup final against Chelsea and became only the 18th player in our history to hit 100 goals when he netted in a 2-0 win over Sutton United in the FA Cup back in February 2017. Theo was also part of two FA Cup winning squads, 2015 and 17, scoring the opening goal in the 2015 final in the 4-0 win over Aston Villa. In May 2006, Theo became England's youngest ever senior player, making his debut aged 17 years and 75 days against Hungary. During his time at Arsenal, he played regularly for England, making 47 appearances and scoring eight goals, including a famous hat-trick against Croatia in a World Cup qualifier in 2008, the youngest to claim a treble for the Three Lions. On leaving the Gunners, Theo was keen to thank everyone who had supported him during his Arsenal career. Theo said, I would like to say a big thank you to everyone involved at the club, manager, coaches, backroom staff, and all the many people at the club that have been part of my family for the past 12 years, said the 28-year-old. I would also like to thank all my teammates I have had the pleasure of playing alongside, but most importantly, the fans, for their incredible support. I feel sad to leave, but also excited for a new challenge. I wish everyone at the club every success for the future. We all thank Theo for his great contribution to the club and wish him well for the future. Farewell, Francis. 
Francis Coquelin has agreed to join La Liga side Valencia. Francis spent ten and a half seasons with us, joining from French side Laval in 2008 and made 160 first-team appearances, winning the FA Cup twice and also helping us to lift the FA Youth Cup in 2009. Early in his career, Francis represented his country at every youth level, from under-17 to under-21, and was part of the squad, alongside Alex Lacazette, which won the European Under-19 Championship in 2010. After leaving the club, Francis rang us to leave the following message for the fans. I just want to thank them, because I was at the club for a very long time. I always showed passion for the club, and they all saw that in me, so I want to thank them for their support. I understand what they feel, their love for the club. I understand that. I understand the frustration when the results are not going well. We had an honest relationship, and the fans have always been amazing towards me. It's been great. All the best in Spain, Francis, and thanks for all you did for us. Mav some of that. Young Greek defender Konstantinos Mavropanos has signed for us, and he made his first appearance in an Arsenal shirt in our under-23s 4-0 win over Manchester United on Monday. The 20-year-old centre-back arrives from PAS Giannina, where he has made 16 Greek Super League appearances since breaking into the first team last season. Learn all about Konstantinos in an exclusive player feature later in this programme. Majestic Masut Congratulations to Masut Azil, winner of both our Player of the Month and Goal of the Month awards for December. Our German playmaker also won the former award in November and made it two on the bounce with some fine performances in December. His goal against Newcastle a superb first-time volley, was voted as our goal of the month, and he also capped an excellent display against Liverpool by giving us the lead in a thrilling 3-3 draw at the Emirates. Masut just about beat Jack Wilshire, who also impressed in December to the award. In fact, the winning margin was just 20 votes. Alexis was third, with Ainsley Maitland-Niles fourth. Cyril Regis It was with great sadness that the club learned of the recent death of Cyril Regis. A regular opponent with West Brom, Coventry and Aston Villa in the 70s and 80s, Cyril's great ability and dignity marked him out as a hugely respected figure in the game and a true inspiration for all footballers, particularly young black players making their way in the game when racism was so prevalent. The thoughts of everyone associated with Arsenal FC are with Cyril's family and friends at this very difficult time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
Matchball sponsor. This afternoon's Matchball sponsor has sent in the following message: Perlo, a devoted Arsenal fan, leaves shortly for pastures new. We love you, pal. Long live the Wild Boys. Happy birthday, RP. Win when you're singing. Armory store worker Alia Lara really is the voice of Arsenal. Alia's stunning voice saw her beat ten thousand entrants to win the Open Mic UK competition last year. And if you'd like to hear her perform her own songs and cover some all-time classics, you can. Just a stone's throw from Emirates. Alia is performing at Nambuka on Holloway Road on Thursday, February the eighth. And she would love as much Arsenal support as possible. Tickets are available for five pounds from Eventbrite and six pounds on the door. See you there. On this day, nineteen sixty-two, Neil Banfield is born. Nineteen ninety-five, Callum Chambers is born. Two thousand and six, Arsenal sign Theo Walcott. Coming up Tuesday. Bayern Munich visit our under twenty threes in the Premier League International Cup. Wednesday, a place at Wembley is up for grabs when we host Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. Race to the Emirates. During last summer's pre-season tour, our lead partner Emirates gave Australian fans the unique opportunity to win a business class trip to watch Arsenal play at Emirates Stadium through the hashtag Race to the Emirates competition. The event saw 200 fans race to find players waiting at four different locations in Sydney. Following a selfie and upload to social media, fans then battled it out to be the first over the finish line. Daniel Pastro was crowned the hashtag Race to the Emirates winner and has shared his once-in-a-lifetime experience, courtesy of Emirates. We flew to London via Dubai on Emirates business class. It was a great flight with great seats and service. We spent a night in London before flying to Madrid and also taking in the sights of Italy. On returning to London, we watched Arsenal beat Huddersfield in the Premier League. We also watched the match against Man United and had a personal pre-match stadium tour. It was great to see the changing rooms, warm-up area, speak to the kit men, go pitch side. And check out all the media facilities. We had great seats, and the match was cracking, despite the end result. It was a great atmosphere, and something we'll never forget. From watching on TV from the other side of the world every week to watching the match live in the stadium was surreal, and very cold. Thanks to Arsenal and Emirates for the great prize and an unforgettable experience. More and Mavididi on the move. Young right back Tafari Moore has joined Wickham Wanderers on loan for the rest of the season. The twenty-year-old England youth international spent last season on loan with FC Utrecht, making twenty-six league appearances for the Dutch side. Tafari, who has been with Arsenal since the age of twelve, heads to the Chairboys to gain more first-team experience in League Two. Meanwhile, young Steffi Mavididi has cut short his loan spell at Preston North End to join League One side Charlton Athletic until the end of the season. 
Steffi also spent time on loan at the Attics last season, and he marked his debut by scoring a stunning solo goal in a 1-0 win over Oldham Athletic. We'd like to wish them both well for the rest of the campaign. Baggett Win with Arsenal and Puma In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner Puma are giving away travel bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Question time. Olivier Giroud and which other player scored in our 2-0 home win over Crystal Palace last season? Email your answer, including your full name and address, to program at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at Arsenal Magazine. All entries to us by Friday, January the 26th, please. One entry per person. Premier League stats. Total shots. 46. Alexis. 37. Alexandre Lacazette. 35. Granit Xhaka. 32. Aaron Ramsey. 21. Masoud Azil. Chances created. 62. Masoud Azil. 51. Alexis. 25. Granit Xhaka 23. Hector Bellerin 21. Alexandre Lacazette Total passes 1,893. Granit Xhaka 1,334. Nacho Monreal 1,270. Laurent Cosilny 1,254. Hector Bellerin 1,247, Masoud Azil. Clearances, 98, Laurent Cosilny. 82, Shkodran Mustafi. 64, Nacho Monreal. 44, Hector Bellerin. 33, Sead Kolasinac. Crosses, 75, Masoud Azil. 54, Alexis. 52. Granit Xhaka 42. Hector Bellerin 26. Sead Kolasinac Above and Beyond Congratulations to Anas Othman, who went above and beyond with his programme-selling skills against Chelsea on January the 3rd. Anas deservedly won a pair of Puma trainers. We'd like to thank him for his sterling efforts on the evening. If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond, please let us know by emailing programme at arsenal.co.uk. Ref Watch Chris Kavanagh This afternoon's referee is Chris Kavanagh from Lancashire. Today's game is actually the first time that Mr Kavanagh has officiated a match involving us. An experienced Football League referee he took charge of his first Premier League match in April last year, Southampton's 1-0 win at West Brom. This season, Mr Kavanagh has refereed a further eight Premier League matches, showing 30 yellow cards. Anti-Semitic and discriminatory chanting of all kinds is offensive to home and away supporters alike and will not be tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive chanting at the match, you can report it to a matchday steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOWL to 67777 
together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our supporters and wider community. Thank you for your support and enjoy the game. Arsenal League Champions 2003-2004, FA Cup winners, 1930-1936-1950-1971-1979-1980-2002-2003-2004-2015-2017. League Cup winners, 1986-87. 1992-93 Charity Community Shield winners 1930-1931-1933-1934-1938-1948-1953-1991 Shared 1998-1999-2002-2003-2004 2017 Fairs Cup winners 1969-70 European Cup winners Cup winners 1993-94 FA Youth Cup winners 1966-1971-1988-1994-2000-2001-2009 Arsenal Football Club 75 Drayton Park London N five one BU O two O seven six one nine five zero 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 Website www.arsenal.com Email program at arsenal.co.uk Directors Sir Chips Keswick Chairman Ken Fryer OBE Even Gazidis CEO Richard Carr Lord Harris of Peckham, Stan Cranker, Josh Cranker, Honorary Vice President, Lady Bracewell Smith, Secretary, David Miles, Manager, Arsene Wenger, OBE, Physiotherapist, Colin Lewin, MCSP, SRP. Exclusive player interview. Konstantinos Mavropanos. Born Athens, Greece, December the 11th, 1997. Joined Arsenal from PAS Giannina on January the 4th, 2018. Previous clubs PAS Giannina. Stats. Konstantinos is a Greece under-21 international with two caps at that level. He scored three goals in 14 Greek Super League games this season. Prior to 2017-18, the Athenian had played only two first-team games for PAS. He will wear number 27 for the Gunners. 
Following his appearance for Arsenal under-23s last Monday, Konstantinos cannot be loaned out abroad this season. As Konstantinos Mavropanos ended 2017 in his homeland of Greece, it's unlikely that he would have envisaged the events that have unfolded in the last three weeks. In a move that surprised many, the young defender became our first signing of 2018, shortly after the new year, and has already made a positive impression since his arrival from PAS Giannina. Despite initially intending to send Konstantinos out on loan, Arsene Wenger made a surprising U-turn in deciding to keep the 20-year-old after he had impressed in training. And with options thin at the back due to injuries, the central defender was selected in the squad for our Caribou Cup first leg tie at Chelsea. Although he didn't play, his inclusion reflected the impact he had made on the boss so soon after his arrival. A towering presence at six foot four inches, Mavropanos is deceptively quick for a player with such a considerable frame and had the opportunity to display his attributes when our under-23s took on Manchester United earlier this week. Following an impressive performance at the back, in which he also showcased an excellent range of passing as we kept a clean sheet in a convincing 4-0 victory. Eddie Nukatia praised his new teammate, saying, He was great tonight. He's very strong, good in the air and looks confident on the ball. He's a great addition to the team. Along with Eddie's approval, Konstantinos earned plaudits from another teammate in Rhys Nelson, who was similarly enthusiastic about his new teammate. I was really impressed with him, to be fair. He comes out with the ball, can pass with both feet, and is strong. He's a good addition, in my opinion. Keen to let fans know more about himself, Konstantinos sat down to talk to the matchday programme and revealed how he's settling in and how one of Arsenal's most painful nights back in 2006 was when the club first came across his radar. Welcome to the club, Konstantinos. How does it feel to be an Arsenal player? Thank you very much. It's a big honour and I'm very happy, very emotional. What was your immediate feeling when you first found out that we were interested in signing you? First I felt, I wouldn't say stressed, but anxious, and then I started to dream. What made you keen to join the club? The name Arsenal itself, the history of this club. Who did you first speak to on arrival? Our coach, Mr Wenger. He welcomed me first of all and started to give me advice and guidance right away. How did your family react? Everybody was very impressed, and as soon as the transfer was complete, they all wished me well. How closely had you followed us before joining the club? I remember the first time I started watching Arsenal. It was the 2006 Champions League final. Everybody was talking about Ronaldinho then, but what I was most impressed with was the passion that the Arsenal players were playing with. They may have been down to 10 players early on after Lehman sending off, but they played much better than Barcelona overall. They might have lost in the end, but I was really impressed with their performance. Since then, I started to watch Arsenal more closely. Which Arsenal players have stood out for you over the years? There's been a lot of good players over the years, but one that stood out to me is Thierry Henry, obviously. He was dynamic, quick and could score any type of goal possible. Who are you looking forward to playing with? I'm looking forward to playing with Alexandre Lacazette, especially. I admire him. 
How would you describe your playing style? Dynamic, passionate. I don't want to miss a challenge and I don't want to miss a game. What are your best attributes? I like to challenge players one-on-one and I would say I'm quite good at aerial challenges. Do you follow any sports away from football? I like watching basketball. In Greece we've had and still have a lot of big players and I like to watch the national team play. I like all of the national team players. What are your standout footballing memories as both a fan and player? As a fan, it has to be the final of Euro 2004. While I have good and bad memories as a player, there isn't one in particular that stands out. Which defenders did you look up to growing up? I grew up admiring Trianos Delas, who drove the team to winning the Euros in 2004. Then when he retired, Socrates Papstathopoulos entered the team. I would like to resemble both of them, and they have influenced me as a footballer. You are the second Greek to join the club. What do you know about your predecessor, Stathis Tavlaridis? The truth is I don't know much about him. I was a young boy at the time. I know he also played in France, but I don't know that much about him. What are your memories of Greece winning Euro 2004? I remember celebrating all night in the streets after winning the final. And finally, Konstantinos, how does it feel to represent Greece in the Premier League? I see a lot of flags in the stands from different countries. Fans are trying to honour other players of their countries. For me, it would be special to see Greek flags when I play for Arsenal. Words, Matt Aldridge. Arsenal Youth. The under-18s extend their unbeaten run with forward Trey Coyle among the goals again. By Matt Aldridge. Saturday, January the 6th, 2018, Bodymore Heath Training Ground, Under 18 Academy League South. Aston Villa, Under 18s, nil. Arsenal, Under 18s, two. The scorer for Arsenal was Coyle in the 49th and 59th minutes with penalties. The highlights Trey Coyle scores a pair of penalties as we extend our winning run to six games. Bukayo Saka is fouled to earn us the first spot kick shortly after the break, which Coyle buried coolly. Coyle doubles up once again from 12 yards after having been tripped over. We keep a clean sheet, locking out the villains away from home. The report. Our under-18s extended their winning run to six games after beating Aston Villa 2-0 at Bodymore Heath Training Ground, thanks to a second-half brace of penalties from Trey Coyle. Kwame Ampadu was able to call upon a strong squad as we looked to keep the pressure up on league leaders Chelsea. How Virginia started in goal, while Fuller in Balogun, Bakayo Saka and James Oleinka were all given starting berths. Harry Clark, Dominic Thompson, Josh Benson, Bailey Spencer Adams, Danny Ballard and Matt Smith made up the rest of the starting eleven. We began the game positively, looking to press the hosts and very nearly took an early lead when Saka cannoned a fierce effort off the crossbar while the rebound fell too quickly for Ole Inca to react. Shortly after, Saka came close again when he was played through only to see his low drive pushed away by Emmanuel Edem in goal. Following the break, we started with the same impetus which we had begun the first half. As Balogun stung the palms of Edom, 
taking aim from the edge of the penalty area. Although the initial effort was blocked, Saka picked the ball up, drove into the box and was fouled, handing Coyle the opportunity to give us the lead, which he coolly did so. Ten minutes later, Coyle was this time tripped in the area as Dominic Thompson swung in a dangerous ball. The forward stepped up once again and doubled our lead. Soon after, Coyle almost bagged a hat-trick when he drilled a strong effort directly at Edom. Playing for Arsenal were Virginia Clark, Thompson, Benson, Spencer Adams, substituted by McGuinness in the 76th minute, Ballard, Olienka, substituted by Swanson in the 81st minute, Smith, Balligan, Coyle, Saka, substituted by Beckford in the 70th minute. Subs not used were Ballard, Okaflex. Saturday, January the 13th, 2018, London County Training Ground, Under-18 Academy League South. Arsenal Under-18s 2, Fulham Under-18s 2. Scoring for Arsenal were Amici in the 58th minute and Burton in the 80th. For Fulham, Daly Campbell in the 20th minute, a no goal, and Abraham in the 32nd. The highlights. Fulham took an early lead through a known goal from Vonte Daly Campbell. The visitors doubled up, thanks to a strike from Timmy Abraham. We staged our comeback following the break, with a goal from Xavier Amici reducing the deficit. Robbie Burton smashed the ball in late on to draw us level at London County. The report. We shared the points at London County, drawing 2-2 with Fulham, thanks to second-half goals from Xavier Amici and Robbie Burton. After having stretched our winning run to six games with a 2-0 victory in our previous fixture against Aston Villa, Head coach Kwame Ampadu was keen to continue our good form and named a strong team with that in mind. However, Virginia started in goal once more, behind a defence of Vonte Daly Campbell, Toby Omole, Josh Benson and Zach Medley. In midfield, Danny Ballard partnered Robbie Burton in central midfield, while Xavier Amici, Trey Coyle, Tyrese John-Jules and Emile Smith-Rowe made up our attack. After a tense opening 20 minutes, the visitors sparked the game into life when they edged into the lead, courtesy of an unfortunate own goal from Delhi Campbell. Soon after, Fulham doubled their lead through Timmy Abraham, younger brother of Swansea striker Tammy Abraham, who was quick to react following a scramble in the box, poking the ball past Virginia in goal. In search of a route back into the game, we created a good chance for Coyle, who couldn't quite apply the finishing touch after meeting John Jewell's smart flick. With the half-time break rapidly approaching, Fulham very nearly handed us a goal when a stray pass fell to John Jules, who was only able to drill his shot wide of the mark. Following the break, we did reduce the deficit through Amici, who blasted home another impressive strike from the edge of the penalty area. Now in the ascendancy and pushing for an equaliser, Coyle came close once more, this time striking the crossbar after linking up well with Burton and Dimitri. On the brink of full time, following a scramble in the box, Burton met the loose ball and fired in a stunning strike to pull us level and ensure that we maintained our unbeaten run. Playing for Arsenal were Virginia, Daly Campbell, Amole, Benson, Ballard, Medley, Amici, Burton, John Jules, Coyle, Smith, substituted by Benson in the 70th minute, and Rowe. Subs not used were Ballard, Oleinka, Clark, Beckford. 
Kwame's thoughts. In the first half, you could see that the boys hadn't played for several weeks, and there was a bit of rustiness in terms of their play and in terms of their decision-making as well. We spoke about it at half-time, and we improved in the second half, but you can see we need to get back into the rhythm of the games. Young Gun, the next generation in their own words. Toby Amole, born December 17th, 2001. Height and weight, 188 centimetres, 83.5 kilograms. School, St. Columbus Catholic Boys School. Joined under 14s, position defender, boots, Puma. I am pleased about the way things are going for me this season. I've played many games for the under-18s and have featured twice for the under-23s. I came on as a substitute, played at left-back against Spurs and then started at centre-back in our match with Swansea. I can play in either position, but I feel that I'm best suited to playing in central defence because of my height and I like to play out from the back, similar to the player I watch a lot, Barcelona's Samuel Umtiti. He defends well, but also makes good choices and breaks the lines to get his team on the front foot. Beginning many of their attacks. I also admire Jerome Boateng as a defender and in my view, he's currently the best central defender in the world right now. Decision making is so important for a centre-back and I feel that's the area I've improved most since joining as a full-time scholar. The coaches have been a big help, but I find reviewing videos of my play, especially where I may have made an error, seems to help a lot. When I'm in a similar situation again, something clicks, a feeling of recognition, and the better option comes automatically. I suppose it's all experience and reviewing videos, and learning from them reinforces that. It's also what I concentrate on when watching professionals, the decisions they make, right and wrong. I've also developed my communication abilities on the pitch, which I find is important on many levels. Principally, the defensive unit is more solid when we each know where we are and what we are doing and look out for each other and verbal communication is central to that. Personally, I find it helps with concentration. In central defence, a single lapse in concentration can be punished and lead to a goal being conceded more than any position apart from a goalkeeper. I find that talking to fellow defenders, midfielders and our goalkeeper during the game helps keep me focused. I learnt that on the couple of occasions that I've trained with the first team, I enjoyed the experience immensely and learned a lot. I played in two practice games. In one, I was up against Olivier Giroud, who was very clever and strong, and he posed one challenge. In another game, I was up against Chuba Akpom, who is very quick and mobile, which creates a different set of problems that you have to find solutions for. I hope to train with them again soon, as the experience accelerates development in my view. My targets for the rest of this season 
are to keep developing my all-round game and play more often for the under-23s and hopefully have more involvement with the first team. Playing above my age against mature, experienced players offers challenges that I feel I thrive on and learn from. Playing against Alexandre Lacazette would be a good one. I fancy him to score today against Crystal Palace. We need to win to bounce back from the disappointment at Bournemouth. Palace have done well of late, but I'm going for a 3-0 win. The Lowdown Who has been the biggest influence on your career? My family. What's the best aspect of your game? Positioning, stroke, passing. What do you still need to work on? Everything. Which team did you support as a boy? Manchester United. What's been the greatest moment in your career so far? Being born. If you could score any goal, which would it be? Zidane's v Bayer Leverkusen. Which current player would you most like to play against? Lionel Messi. What's your most valued possession? My Bible. Aside from PE, which was your best subject at school? English. What other sports are you good at? Tennis and basketball. Teammates best and worst. Best sense of humour. Emil Smith-Rowe. Best at FIFA. Robbie Burton. Best engine. James Olajinka. Worst ball skills. Danny Ballard. Worst at FIFA. Joseph Olowu. Worst dancer. Talahi Bola. Worst taste in music. Josh Benson. You choose. Nando's or KFC? Nando's. Kanye West or Drake? Kanye West. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Champions League or World Cup? World Cup. Instagram or Snapchat? Snapchat. Home kit or away kit? Home kit. Long range gold or dribble through the team? Dribble through the team. Beach holiday or city break? City break. 40 metres or 400 metres? 40 metres. Red sauce or brown sauce? Brown sauce. Match action. Arsenal versus Chelsea. Wednesday, January the 3rd, 2018 at 19.45. Premier League, game number 32. Venue, Emirates Stadium. Referee, Anthony Taylor. Attendance, 59,379. Arsenal, 2. Chelsea, 2. Scoring for Arsenal were Wilshire in the 63rd minute and Bellerin in the 90th. For Chelsea, the scorers were Hazard in the 67th minute with a penalty and Alonso in the 84th. Playing for Arsenal were 33 Czech, 21 Chambers substituted in the 87th minute, 16 Holding, 20 Mustafi, 30 Maitland-Niles, 24 Bellerin, 29 Shaka, 10 Wilshire, 11 Ozil, 7 Alexis, and 9 Lacazette, who was substituted in the 80th minute. Substitutes were 13 Ospina, 4 Metasaka, 17 Iwobi, 34 Coquelin, 
35. Elneny. 23. Welbeck, who came on in the 80th minute, and 14. Walcott, who came on in the 87th minute. Match stats for Arsenal were total shots 14, shots on target 6, corners 10, offsides 2, and fouls 11. Possession 58%. Playing for Chelsea were 13. Courtois, 28. Aspilicueta, 27. Christiansen, 24. Carhill, 15. Moses, who was substituted in the 55th minute, 7. Kante, 14. Bakayoko, 4. Fabregas, substituted in the 70th minute, 3. Alonso, 10. Hazard, substituted in the 82nd minute, and 9. Morata. Substitutes were 1. Caballero, 2. Rudiga, 21. Zapacosta, who came on in the 55th minute, 4. Drinkwater, who came on in the 70th minute, 22. Willian, who came on in the 82nd minute, 11. Pedro, 23. Batshuayi. The Chelsea stats were total shots 19, shots on target 6, corners 8, offside 3, fouls 11, and possession 42%. Man of the match was Jack Wilshire. Match facts. This was Arsene Wenger's 60th match against Chelsea, making them the side he has faced the most. Won 22, drawn 17, lost 21. Antonio Conte has managed just one win in seven meetings against Arsenal. It was Jack Wilshere's first Premier League goal since May 2015. First half. On 14 minutes, Alvaro Morata found himself clean through on the Gunners' goal, but shot wide. It was not to be Morata's night in North London. Alexis Sanchez then came agonisingly close for Arsenal, his shot hitting both posts before being gratefully gathered by Thubourg Courtois. Alexandre Lacazette forced a good save from the giant Belgian when the forward fizzed a shot in on goal on 23 minutes. Back at the other end, Blues midfielder Timu Bakayoko had a powerful effort turned over the bar by Petra Cech. Second half. Cech save from Eden Hazard Marco Alonso headed wide, and Morato shot straight at Czech. Lacazette then forced a save from Courtois, but the keeper could do nothing as Jack Wilshire lashed high into the net to send Emirates crazy. Just four minutes later, Chelsea were level through Hazard from the penalty spot before Alonso put them ahead, guiding in a David Zabacosta cross on 84 minutes. But in injury time, Hector Bellerin beautifully half-volleyed a deserved equaliser, still leaving time for Murata to fluff another one-on-one and Zapacosta to rattle Czech's crossbar. There are seven photographs with this report, plus the small one under the scoreline. The caption on the full-page photograph is Hector Bellerin expertly guides home a late equaliser in a pulsating game. The six photographs on the last page have the captions clockwise from top left. Masut Ozil glides forward. Jack Wilshire crashes home and celebrates with Granit Xhaka. Hector Bellerin loving his late equaliser. Alex Lacazette is felled by Timu Bakayoko. Rob Holding marshals Alvaro Morata. Arsenal Women The Gunners reached the Continental Cup final, following an epic battle with Chelsea in the league. 
Sunday, January the 14th, 2018. FA WSL Continental Cup Semi-Final. Reading Women 2. Chaplin 7, Bruton 70. Arsenal 3. Mead 5. Midema 80. Nobs. Arsenal beat Reading Women 3-2 last Sunday to reach the Continental Cup final for the sixth time in seven years, but it took two late goals to seal a dramatic win at Adams Park. Joe Montemuro named a strong side against a team that had beaten us 2-1 on home turf in the group stage back in November. Sari van Wienendahl lined up in goal, ahead of Gemma Rose and Leah Williamson in the heart of the defence, with Emma Mitchell at left back and Lisa Evans continuing in her new role on the right. Dominique Janssen anchored a midfield three, flanked by Danielle van der Donk and Jordan Nobbs, while up front, Beth Mead and Dan Carter were stationed either side of Viviane Midema. The visitors made a perfect start when, with just five minutes on the clock, Mead met Carter's cross at the far post to poke the ball home. But almost immediately, Brooke Chaplin curled a shot home from the edge of the area to level the scores. Arsenal regained control and had the best of the chances before half-time, Midema testing Reading's Grace Maloney with a stinging volley and Nobbs firing over the bar. In the second half, Carter forced another save from Maloney on the break, and Midema missed the target after a clever backheel from van der Donk. Yet it was Reading who scored next, ex-gunner Lauren Bruton finding the bottom corner with a low strike to leave the visitors trailing with 20 minutes to go. Arsenal responded. Ten minutes later, Midema levelled the scores with a sure finish inside the area, and three minutes after that, Nobbs won it, with a deft finish after Maloney had failed to deal with a cross. City await in final. The Gunners will face Manchester City in the WSL Continental Cup final on Saturday, March the 10th. City, who beat Chelsea 1-0 in the other semi-final, are the only other club to have lifted the trophy – having beaten the Gunners 1-0 in 2014 and Birmingham City by the same scoreline last season, the first time Arsenal had failed to reach the final since the competition launched in 2011. More details will be available at arsenal.com slash women. Arsenal Van Wienendahl Evans Rose Substituted with Quinn in the 74th minute Williamson, Mitchell, Nobbs, Janssen, van der Donk, Carter, substituted with O'Reilly in the 74th minute, Mead, Midema. Subs not used, Morehouse, Scott, Philby, Hines, McCabe. Saturday, January the 7th, 2018, FA Women's Super League. Chelsea Ladies 3 Mielda 24 Yi 60 Van Wienendahl 83 Own Goal Arsenal 2 Midema 56 Janssen 63 The Gunners slipped to 4th in the WSL after losing 3-2 in a rip-roaring encounter at Chelsea on Sunday, January the 7th. 
Joe Montemuro named the same lineup that would face Reading in the Continental Cup semi-final a week later, with Beth Mead replacing Heather O'Reilly from the side that had beaten Sunderland 3-1 in the new manager's first game in charge. It was Medema who had the Gunners' first chance of the game. Not long after Ramon Bachmann had gone close for the home side, Nobbs released the Dutch striker with an inch-perfect through-ball, only for Vivian's shot to cannon back off the crossbar. Yi then also hit the post for the Blues, but they were able to capitalise when Marin Mielda tapped in from the ensuing scramble. Arsenal began the second half strongly, and van der Donk forced a save from Hedveig Lindahl before Midema levelled the scores by twisting and turning in the box before firing the ball in off the post. The hosts responded immediately, with Yi's shot finding its way over the line, despite Rose's best efforts to keep it out. By this point, the game was like a basketball match, with the two teams taking it in turns to attack in search of the fourth goal. It was the Gunners who scored it, Janssen sweeping the ball home when Chelsea failed to clear their lines. But it soon became clear that it wasn't to be our day. At one end, Mead's half-volley was kept out by a combination of Lindahl and the post. At the other, Chelsea scored their third when the ball hit the post and bounced in off the luckless Van Wienendahl. It was a cruel way to lose, and the defeat leaves Arsenal fourth in the table, eight points behind Manchester City, six behind Chelsea, and two behind Liverpool. Arsenal Van Wienendahl Evans, substituted with Quinn in the 86th minute. Rose, substituted with James in the 82nd minute. Williamson, Mitchell, Nobbs, Janssen, van der Donk, Carter, Mead, Midema. Subs not used, Morehouse, Scott, Hines, O'Reilly, McCabe. WSL Fixture List 2017-18 Sunday, September 24th, Birmingham City, WSL, 3-2, Home Game Sunday, October 1st, Manchester City, WSL, 2-5 Sunday, October 8th, Bristol City, WSL, 1-1, Home Game Thursday, October the 12th, London Bees, CC, 7-0, home game. Sunday, October the 29th, Everton, WSL, 2-0. Wednesday, November the 1st, Millwall Lionesses, CC, 5-2. Sunday, November the 5th, Reading, CC, 1-2, home game. Sunday, November the 12th, Sunderland, WSL, 3-0, home game. Thursday, November the 16th, Watford, CC, 6-0. Sunday, December the 17th, Sunderland, CC, QF, 3-1. Sunday, January the 7th, Chelsea, WSL, 2-3. Sunday, January the 14th, Reading, CC, SF, 3-2. Sunday, January the 28th, Reading, WSL, 2 o'clock. Sunday, January the 4th, Yeovil Town, FAC, TBA. Wednesday, February the 7th, Liverpool, WSL, 
7 o'clock. Home game. Sunday, February the 11th, Yeovil Town, WSL, 2 o'clock. Home game. Sunday, February the 18th, TBA, FAC R5, TBA. Friday, February the 23rd, Everton, WSL, 7.30. Home game. Saturday, March the 10th, Manchester City, CCF, TBA. Sunday, March the 18th, TBA, FAC, QF, TBA. Sunday, March the 25th, Sunderland, WSL, 12 o'clock. Wednesday, March the 28th, Liverpool, WSL, 7 o'clock. Sunday, April the 1st, Chelsea, WSL, 2 o'clock. Home game. Sunday, April the 15th, TBA, FAC, SF, TBA. Thursday, April the 19th, Reading, WSL, 7.30, home game. Saturday, April the 21st, Yeovil Town, WSL, 3 o'clock. Sunday, April the 29th, Birmingham City, WSL, 2 o'clock. Saturday, May the 5th, TBA, FAC, F, TBA. Sunday, May the 13th, Manchester City, WSL, 2 o'clock. Home game. Sunday, May the 20th, Bristol City, WSL, 12 o'clock. Community, using the power of the Arsenal name to positively impact the lives of young people since 1985. Twitter in the community, Arsenal community. Local school children enjoyed the at AFC Community Grotto this morning with a surprise visit from at Ben Sheaf and at Eddie Niketea 9. Hashtag we are the Arsenal. Hashtag AFC VWHU. Where are they now? Daniel Haywood Jacobs. When were you involved with Arsenal in the community? I was on the BTEC programme after I left school from 2011 until 2013. What was your role? Our two-year programme provided the opportunity to assist and deliver on many of Arsenal in the community's projects, ranging from disability sports to bowls with senior citizens. What are you doing now? I currently work for the Hive Foundation, the charitable arm of Barnet Football Club, and I am responsible for running our Premier League Kicks programme. I was also previously assistant coach with WSL2 side... London Bees WFC. How did your time with the community department help you in your current role? Not only did I learn the basics of coaching during my time on the BTEC programme, but my confidence grew massively. The highlight of my time with Arsenal in the community was our trip to Holland, visiting the Amsterdam Arena and the PSV Eindhoven training ground. My first experience of football culture in another country is one I'll never forget. Leah Williamson visits Arsenal Community Hub. Arsenal in the community and Arsenal women jointly deliver a girls' football programme in Islington, Camden, Hackney and Hertzmere to inspire and motivate girls aged 11 plus to play football. Funded by the Premier League Charitable Fund and the Football Association, sessions are delivered across the week in a range of schools and community venues. 
A key part of the programme is the Girls Football League, which takes place at the Arsenal Hub every Thursday after school hours. The indoor facility hosts a total of 140 participants across 24 teams from 14 London schools. The league season runs alongside the academic year for girls aged 11 to 13 and 14 to 16. During her visit, Leah met a number of girls on the programme and spoke to the teachers. Speaking of her experience, Leah said, As a fan of the club, I'm so proud of the work that Arsenal do for the community. It's also great to see girls being encouraged to play football from an early age. The league coordinator, Ian Bruce, said, It's exciting for the girls to play in a facility so close to the stadium and fantastic when players such as Leah Williamson can visit. They are great role models to all of the girls. Leah also took time to speak with some of our BTEC stroke gap year students, discussing their course and coach education development. We would like to take this opportunity to thank Leah for visiting the Arsenal Hub and wish her luck in the upcoming season. Leah Williamson on Twitter. Great to visit the Arsenal Club today and see the great work the club do for young people in the community and the BTEC stroke gap year project. Hashtag we are the Arsenal. If you would like more information on the Women and Girls Football Development Programme, email jferguson at arsenal.co.uk. Club Culture. For more info, please visit www.arsenal.com slash supportersclubs slash setting hyphen up hyphen your hyphen own hyphen club happy hounds in mexico on december the 30th arsenal mexico held its very first charity event as club secretary alejandro palomino reports the idea and objective was open to all our members one of them was particularly enthusiastic about helping a dog shelter. He was able to contact a shelter and a pet clinic willing to support the idea, so we decided to press ahead, and our members, their family and friends, started fundraising. We agreed to meet in Mexico City before travelling to the pet clinic, which is located in the suburbs. Once in the pet clinic, they organised a pet adoption event, and we managed to buy and donate almost 100 kilograms of dog food and spent the afternoon with homeless dogs waiting to be adopted. Overwhelmed in Okini Amika from Arsenal Nigeria recently got in touch to report on an exciting Arsenal event recently held in Okini, a city of around 300,000 people which sits midway between Lagos and Abuja. We had a two-day Arsenal event in Okino, which was the most exciting I have ever been involved in. Day one was tagged Picnic Day, when all notable Arsenal fans gathered at a local garden to demonstrate different cultural dance and music. There were well over 470 fans from different backgrounds that graced the Picnic Day, which was known as Present Arsenal Day. On the main day, I met with Arsenal Nigeria founders and directors to shower praise on their efforts and also interview them with regards to the main reason they started the event. According to them, it started in 2006 prior to the Champions League final against Barcelona. It was a way of coming together to celebrate a club that so many adored in that particular area as a religion 
and over the years it has attracted many fans. On the day itself, December the 28th, there were several shows and cultural demonstrations, and it was agreed all participating would wear the blue away kit. Eyewitness committed fans dancing and singing their hearts out. Highly motivated and passionate about their club, I have never seen anything like it since I have been travelling, building the fan base in Africa. Match Action Bournemouth v Arsenal Sunday, January 14th, 2018 1.30 Premier League Game number 35 Bournemouth 2 Arsenal 1 Venue Vitality Stadium Referee Kevin Friend Attendance 10,836 Away fans, 1,325. Match stats, total shots. Bournemouth, 13, Arsenal, 12. Shots on target, Bournemouth, 5, Arsenal, 3. Corners, Bournemouth, 4, Arsenal, 5. Offsides, Bournemouth, 0. Arsenal, 4. Fouls, Bournemouth, 8. Arsenal 10. Possession. Bournemouth 40%. Arsenal 60%. Match facts. Hector Bellerin scored in back-to-back Premier League games for the first time. This was Bournemouth's first ever victory against the Gunners. Eddie Enkatia was named on the bench in the Premier League for the first time in his career. Man of the match, Jack Wilshere. Scorers, Bournemouth. Wilson, 70th minute. Ibe, in the 75th minute. Name, Begovic, number 27. Francis, number 2. S. Cook, number 3. Ake, number 5. A. Smith, number 15. L. Cook, number 16. Gosling, number 4. Daniels, Number 11, substituted 63rd minute. Ibe, number 33, substituted 86th minute. Fraser, number 24. Wilson, number 13, substituted in the 90th minute. Substitutes, Boruch, number 1. Sermon, number 6. Pugh, number 7, brought on 86th minute. Arter, number 8. Afobi, number 29, brought on in the 90th minute. Mousset, number 31, brought on 63rd minute. Simpson, number 42. Arsenal scorer, Bellerin, in the 52nd minute. Name, check, number 33. Bellerin, number 24. Maitland-Niles, number 30. Chambers, number 21. Substituted 74th minute. Holding, number 16. Mustafi, number 20. Zaka, number 29. Iwobi, number 17. Substituted 76th minute. Wilshire, number 10. Lacazette, number 9. Wellebeck, number 23. Substitutes. Mertesacker, 
number four. Ospina, number 13. Walcott, number 14. Brought on, 76th minute. Kolasinac, number 31. Enkatia, number 62. Ramsey, number 8. Brought on, 74th minute. Elineni, number 35. First half. Both sides were passing the ball around nicely in the opening half, and the Gunners so nearly took the lead on 20 minutes. The ball fell into an unmarked Ainsley Maitland Niles inside the area, but the youngsters' curled effort rebounded off the crossbar and away. For the hosts, Jordan Ibe pounced on a Maitland Niles mistake to lead a breakaway, only to lose control inside the box. Danny Welbeck was denied by Asmir Begovic, but Bournemouth were growing more dangerous by the minute, and there was no doubt they ended the half on top. Second half. Early in the second half, Hector Bellerin broke the deadlock. He was released on the right wing by a fine Alex Iwobi pass, and with no one up in support, he elected to take on the shot. Begovic managed to half-save it, but the ball squirmed beyond him into the net. The host struck back. First, Callum Wilson finished off a cross from the right, beating Petra Cech to the ball. Then, he set up Ibe for the winner just five minutes later. Wilson knocked the ball down and Ibe smashed home from the edge of the area to inflict another away day defeat on the Gunners. The Visitors Crystal Palace have recovered superbly from a nightmare start to the season. Cast adrift at the foot of the Premier League table in early October, with no points and no goals after seven matches, the South Londoners looked doomed to the drop and a return to the Championship after five seasons among the elite. That was the worst start to a season in English top-flight history. But today, remarkably, Palace are one of the division's most informed teams and find themselves up in 12th place, having taken 25 points from their last 16 matches. Former England boss Roy Hodgson has been the man chiefly responsible for the Eagles' stunning revival. The native South Londoner was recruited by his boyhood club in mid-September after Frank de Boer, appointed as the club's first overseas manager during the summer, lasted a mere four games at the helm. Hodgson was unable to make an immediate impact, overseeing three further goalless defeats in his first three games. But after Palace finally got their first on the board, with a shock 2-1 win at home to Chelsea in mid-October, their confidence gradually returned. And when they were beaten 3-2 at home by Arsenal just after Christmas... That was the club's first league defeat in eight matches. Indeed, that Selhurst Park loss against the Gunners remains Palace's only defeat in their last 12 Premier League matches, five of which have resulted in victory, including each of the two that they have played since the turn of the year, a 2-1 success at Southampton and last Saturday's 1-0 win at home to Burnley. But for a stoppage-time penalty missed by Luka Milivojevic against Manchester City on New Year's Eve, Palace would have become the first team to have beaten Pep Guardiola's side in the Premier League this season. 
the match nevertheless ending nil-nil to halt City's record-breaking 18-match winning run in the competition. Palace did suffer a recent setback when they lost 2-1 away to Brighton in the third round of the FA Cup. But the last time they emerged empty-handed from their travels in the Premier League was back in early November when Tottenham edged a 1-0 win over them at Wembley. Since then, they have won two and drawn three away from home. Palace's results have been even more impressive considering the number of first-team players that are currently unavailable through injury. A list already including right-back Joel Ward, centre-back Mamadou Sako and striker Connor Wickham has lengthened in recent weeks with the addition of captain Jason Puncheon and his understudy Scott Dan, both ruled out for the season. Plus, after the Brighton Cup tie, Jeffrey Schlupp and Andros Townsend. Despite those missing men, Palace have shown in recent months that they are resilient and dangerous opponents. If Arsenal are to complete the double over them this afternoon, it will be no mean feat. Crystal Palace, a brief history. Formed 1905. Stadium, Selhurst Park. Capacity, 26,309. Manager, Roy Hodgson. Record win, 9-0 versus Barrow, October 10, 1959. Record appearance maker, 663, Jim Cannon. Record goalscorer, 165, Peter Simpson. The squad. Wayne Hennessy, number 13, goalkeeper. Born, Bangor, Wales, 24th of January, 1987. Previously, Wolves, Bristol City, Lone, Stockport, Lone, Yeovil, Lone. Games, 91. Goals, nil. Info. Wayne has shared goalkeeping duties this season with veteran Julian Speroni, but has started the last three league games. An agile shot stopper, he has started all but one of Wales's last 28 competitive internationals. Julian Speroni, number one, goalkeeper, born Buenos Aires, Argentina, 18th of May 1979. Previously, Platense. Dundee. Games, 403. Goals, nil. Info. The longest-serving player in the Palace ranks, Julian joined from Dundee in 2004, just after Palace had won promotion to the Premier League and now has over 400 appearances to his name. Timothy Fossu-Mensah, number 24, Defender. Born Amsterdam, Netherlands. 2nd of January 1998. Previously, Man United. Games, 18. Goals, nil. Signed by Manchester United from Ajax's youth team in 2014, Timothy made his United debut against Arsenal almost two years ago and is spending this season on loan to Palace, having been brought in by Frank de Boer last summer. Pape Soare, number 23. Defender, born Mabao, Senegal, 6th of June 1990. Previously, Lille, Reims, Lone.
Games, 58. Goals, nil. Info. The regular left back for Palace in 2015-16, Pape suffered serious injuries in a car crash on the M4 in September 2016 and was out of action for a year. He has yet to make a Premier League appearance since his return, but has been on the bench in recent weeks. Martin Kelly, number 34, Defender, born Whiston, 27th of April 1990, previously Liverpool, Huddersfield, loan, games 97, goals 1. Info, Martin is now in his fourth season at Selhurst Park. Although generally renowned as a full-back, the versatile ex-Liverpool player has been filling in at the centre of an injury-depleted defence of late. He was in Roy Hodgson's England squad at Euro 2012. James Tompkins, number 5, defender, born Basildon, 29th of March 1989, previously West Ham, Derby, Lone, games 43, Goals, 4. Info. A product of the West Ham Academy, James played 243 matches for the Hammers before moving from East to South London in a £10 million switch two summers ago. His only goal of the season so far came against Arsenal last month. Damien Delaney. Number 27. Defender. Born Cork, Republic of Ireland. 29th of July 1981. Previously, Cork, Leicester, Stockport, Loan, Huddersfield, Loan, Mansfield, Loan, Hull, QPR, Ipswich. Games 192. Goals 7. Info. Recruited from Ipswich in August 2012, Damien was a defensive rock in Palace's promotion winning campaign that season and he maintained his form for the next four years in the Premier League. Patrick van Arnholt, number 3, defender, born Setogenbosch, Netherlands, 29th of August 1990, previously Chelsea, Coventry, Loan, Newcastle, Loan, Leicester, Loan, Wigan, Loan, Vitesse, Loan, Sunderland, Games, 28, Goals, 2. Info. Dutchman Patrick was snapped up from Sunderland midway through last season and played a major role in helping the Eagles avoid relegation under Sam Allardyce. Johan Caballé, number 7, midfielder, born Tourcoing, France, 14th of January 1986. Previously, Lille, Newcastle, Paris Saint-Germain. Games, 97. Goals, 10. Info. Johan first came to England in 2011, joining Newcastle as a domestic double winner with Lille. He joined Palace from PSG in 2015. Capped 48 times by France, he has been in Les Bleus' last three tournament squads. Jairo Riedewald, number 44, midfielder. Born Amsterdam, Netherlands, 9th of September 1996. Previously Ajax. Games 10. Goals 0. Info. 
Gyro became ex-Palace boss Frank de Boer's first signing when he joined from Ajax last July. The 21-year-old played for Ajax in central defence, notably against Manchester United in last season's Europa League final, but has operated in midfield of late. Lee Chung-yong, number 14, midfielder, born Seoul, South Korea, 2nd of July 1988. Previously, FC Seoul, Bolton. Games, 46. Goals, 2. Info. A transfer deadline day signing for Palace from Bolton in February 2015, the long-serving midfielder has struggled to earn a regular place in Roy Hodgson's side, but will hope to appear in a third World Cup for South Korea this summer. James MacArthur, number 18. Midfielder. Born, Glasgow, 7th of October, 1987. Previously, Hamilton, Wigan. Games, 115. Goals, 14. Info. A competitive midfielder with 32 caps for Scotland, the last of them earned in Gordon Strachan's final game as manager, James has scored three Premier League goals for Palace this term, at home to Everton and Watford, and away to Southampton. Sule Kaikai, number 25, midfielder. Born, Southwark, 26th of August, 1995. Previously, Crawley, Lone, Cambridge United, Lone, Shrewsbury, Lone, Brentford, Lone. Games, 9. Goals, 1. Info, a 22-year-old winger who came through the Palace youth ranks. Sule has had several spells out on loan, including a productive 2015-16 season at Shrewsbury, in which he scored a dozen League One goals. Aaron Wan Bissaka, number 29, midfielder, born London, 26th of November, 1997, previously none, games nil, goals nil. Info. Palace's mounting injury problems have opened the door to first-team duties for under-23's regular Aaron, who has been at the Selhurst Park Club since he was 11. As yet, the wide midfielder wing-back's involvement has been confined to a seat on the bench. Bakary Sacco, number 26. Forward. Born Ivry-sur-Seine, France, 26th of April, 1988. Previously, Chateauroux, Saint-Étienne, Wolves. Games, 48. Goals, 8. Info. Out of contract in 2015, after a 15-goal season in the Championship for Wolves, Bakary moved to Palace, and although his time at Selhurst Park has been hampered by injuries, he scored the winner last weekend against Burnley. Christian Benteke, number 17, forward. Born, Kinshasa, DR Congo, 3rd of December, 1990. Previously, Genk, Standard Liège, Kortrijk, Lone, Mechelen, Lone, Genk, Aston Villa, Liverpool. Games, 57, goals, 18. Info. A high-profile signing from Liverpool in the summer of 2016, where he spent just one season, the Belgium international netted 15 league goals last term, but has struggled for form this term.
Unseen Arsenal, February the 14th, 2005. Sir Steve Redgrave takes to the Highbury pitch. Not everything about Arsenal's 2004-2005 season was successful. The Invincibles from the previous season lost five league matches and the title, for example. But three things were Community Shield and FA Cup wins over Manchester United and this, an attempt to back London's bid to host the 2012 Olympics. Steve Redgrave should need no introduction. The rowing legend won five gold medals plus one bronze that no one really remembers in successive Olympics from 1984 to 2000. Not to mention nine world titles, three Commonwealth goals, a knighthood, BBC Sports Personality of the Year and, perhaps most impressively of all, celebrity gladiators. But Sol Campbell is no stranger to greatness either. Having already won the double in 2002 and the league in 2004 before adding another FA Cup to his CV three months later... And although he couldn't claim to be an Olympian, he certainly gained international recognition, earning 73 England caps and being named in the team of the tournament for the 2002 World Cup and Euro 2004. Like Sir Steve, Campbell played his part in the Olympic bid. It was close to his heart, with Sol having grown up in Stratford himself and among other things he helped to promote the regeneration of the area by taking a film crew to the top of the tower block where he lived as a child, a tower block that overlooked the proposed Olympic site, and which became the future Olympic site when London won the bid that July. Oh, there was a football match to be played as well that night, and appropriately it was a London derby against today's opponents. Sol wasn't on the field, not in his Arsenal kit anyway, but that didn't matter as the Gunners trounced Crystal Palace 5-1. It was a timely reminder of what Arsene Wenger's team could do. Their form had been patchy since losing their unbeaten record at Old Trafford and two defeats in January had seen them slip to third in the table. This was the second match in what would turn out to be a 12-game unbeaten run that would lift the Gunners back into second, but ultimately behind Chelsea, as the Blues won their second league title 50 years after their first. London really did sweep the board in 2005. Further perspective. 1. Arsenal blitzed Palace in seven first-half minutes with goals from Bergkamp, Reyes and Henri. Patrick Vieira added the fourth on 54 minutes before Palace pulled one back and Henri rounded off the scoring. 2. Palace were back in the Premier League after a six-year absence, but returned straight to the Championship after finishing 18th. Arsenal wouldn't face them again until winning 2-0 at Selhurst Park in October 2013. Pressure points. In the words of Arsene Wenger, the glare has never been stronger. So, we ask the Arsenal stars about pressure situations on and off the pitch. Rob Holding. In which match did you feel under most pressure? I'll say the semi-final against Man City at Wembley. It was my first time playing there and it was a massive game. The FA Cup final was a pressured one too but it wasn't quite the same as the City one. Then there was my debut for Arsenal at home to Liverpool. Hearing the fans roar as we came out was a massive shock and I had to let it sink in for ten seconds. Is it important to feel pressure? 
I'd say so. You can train and play, and if you don't put that pressure on yourself, you don't train to the max or make the most of your ability. Having that pressure gives you an extra bit of concentration to play well. There's a striker bearing down on goal. Who do you want making the last-ditch tackle? Laurent Kojelny. I've been asked that a few times, and always say him. With his pace, he can come across and win the ball. Your team have a penalty to win the Premier League in the last minute. Who do you want taking it? I'd want Santi Carzola to take it. He's got a cool head and would just slot it away. Do you have any techniques you use to deal with pressure? I just try to keep a clear mind and not overthink things. Then, when you go into the game, you know what you need to do and do it more naturally. Have you ever buckled under pressure? I'd say the start of this season. It was a bit hit and miss for me. I had to work hard at the training ground to get back into the groove and it paid off in the Caraboa Cup games, where we've played well. What is the most pressured part of a match day for you? I think it's the time waiting to go to the stadium. You have nothing to do and are sitting around thinking. But then, when you get to the stadium, you have things to do, like getting changed and ready to warm up. Arsenal are 1-0 up in a cup final with five minutes to go. You're injured and can't play. How stressed are you? I'd be on the edge of my seat. I'd be sweating and urging the team on as much as I could. It's a penalty shootout. Do you put yourself forward for the first five? Yeah, I'd put myself forward. There's a lot of competition here, but if it came down to it, I'd be willing to take one. When you take a penalty, at which point do you decide where you're going to put it? I always know. I think if you leave it late to decide, that's when you often miss or not put it in the right area. If you're dead certain before, more often than not, it comes off. Do you get more nervous if certain people are watching you in the crowd? Probably my mum and dad when I was younger, but as you get older, it doesn't tend to be such a big deal. Your agent says there's a small speaking role in a blockbuster new film. Do you take it? Would you be any good? Yeah, I'd definitely take it. I reckon I'd be all right. It's your driving test again. Do you pass it? What are you worried about? I'd probably fail it. You pick up bad habits when you drive, like having one hand on the steering wheel. I think that would be the biggest one that would cause problems with me. You're in a karaoke bar with the rest of your teammates. What do you go for? It would probably be an Oasis song. I'm a Manchester boy, so it's going back to my roots. I'd probably sing Half the World Away. Which member of the squad would you most like to hear sing? I'd definitely like to hear Callum Chambers. We spend so much time together, and I'm always singing. He's not much of a singer, so I'd love to hear him embarrass himself. You've moved to a new house and have to put up some shelves... Could you do it on your own, or would you have to call someone in? I'd give it a go. I might hit a pipe or something, but I'll give it a try.
you've done something wrong. Who is the last person in the world you want to tell you off? My dad. I clipped my car the other day and had a bit of a scratch on it. I told my mum first, and then my dad found out. I knew he'd overreact. If you had to car share with one teammate, who's the one person you wouldn't want to be paired with? Oh, that's digging people out. I don't really know. Everyone talks and gets along. You're on I'm a Celebrity. What kind of challenges would you fear the most? Definitely when you have the helmet on your head and have cockroaches running around. I'd be so conscious about them going in my ears and up my nose. Anything else, when they're not locked in your head, would be all right. If you moved to a club in a foreign country and had to give an interview in that language three months after joining, do you think you'd be able to do it? Yeah, if I'd committed to learning the language, I think I would. You have people helping you, it wouldn't be easy, but it would definitely be worth a go. If you were stranded on a desert island, could you survive? Yeah, definitely. Growing up, I was always out in the woods building dens and stuff, so I'd relish it. You have to go a week without your phone. Do you cope? I think the only pressure would be missing out on knowing when to go to training and when to meet up before games. For the rest of it, I'd be quite happy to leave my phone behind for a week. You have dinner guests arriving in 30 minutes and nothing's prepared. Could you cook a meal? I'd probably just do a chili con carne, stick that on and let it simmer away. That sums it all up. 20 years since Arsene Wenger's team won Arsenal's second double, the matchday programme recalls the stories that surrounded the 1997-98 season. Arsenal kicked off their FA Cup campaign at home to lowly Port Vale on January 3rd, with Arsene Wenger well aware of the importance of the oldest knockout competition in world football. In the past two decades, he has become the most successful manager in FA Cup history with seven winners' medals. In January 1998, he was desperate for his first. I know how much the FA Cup means to the club. It was a big disappointment to lose to Leeds in the fourth round last season. He said before the game, the first cup clash between the two sides for 71 years. This is a typical cup time. We are favourites. They have nothing to lose. Skipper Tony Adams, sidelined through injury, echoed his views. I've lifted the cup at Wembley. and I know how much it means to the players and the fans. This is a classic cup tie. Port Vale have everything to gain, nothing to lose. The game is about us keeping our concentration. But John Rudge's Vale hung on against an under-par Arsenal, forcing a replay at Vale Park after a nil-nil draw. An extra game was not what the injury-ravaged Gunners needed. Three days later, Arsenal edged a Coca-Cola Cup quarter-final at West Ham 2-1. The Hammers had only just managed to overcome non-league Yorkshire Minnows, Emily, in the FA Cup the previous weekend, but on a difficult pitch, 
they were fired up against their near neighbours. They should have taken the lead when David Seaman needlessly brought down Paul Kitson in the box. Former gunner John Hartson stepped up, but Seaman made amends when he saved his tame penalty after the Wales strikers' standing foot appeared to slip as he struck the ball. Ian Wright with his 29th goal in 29 League Cup appearances and Mark Overmars then put the visitors 2-0 up after 52 minutes before Samasi Abo reduced the arrears for the hosts. The Gunners hung on to win and extend their unbeaten run at Upton Park to 11 years. We didn't have one bad patch in the whole game, commented a relieved Wenger. Wright's strike would prove to be his 185th and last for the club. Arsenal would face another London rival, Chelsea, in the last four. They returned to league action on January 10th with a familiar face in the opposition dugout, George Graham who had won nine major medals as player and coach at Arsenal, brought his rising Leeds United team to Highbury. I realised there will be comparisons between me and him, commented Wenger, but George has been back twice before, so it's not a new situation. On the field, it was a case of double Dutch, with Netherlands internationals Overmars and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank scoring all three goals. Fortunately for Arsenal, Overmars scored two of them as the Gunners squeezed a 2-1 win. Prior to the game, Captain Adams had also returned from France where he had been receiving intensive treatment for back and ankle injuries. Psychologically, I think it was good for Tony to have a change from the usual routine. He enjoyed a better climate. It was even warm enough to work out on the beach. Adams would return to fuller training on the following Monday. Elsewhere, his former teammate Alan Smith was forging ahead with a new career as a journalist at the Daily Telegraph. I realise that people look down on the pitch and think things are easier than they are for the players, he said, when asked if he now had a different perspective on the game. My job is to give the readers something different a player's view of the match, to tell people what I think players are feeling. Arsenal's fourth game in 11 days saw them lock horns with Port Vale again, this time in the Potteries. Again, Vale matched Arsenal for 90 minutes, neither team scoring, before a touch of genius from Dennis Bergkamp finally broke the deadlock after 110 minutes, the Dutchman curling into the top corner from 25 yards. Arsenal looked to be through, but with two minutes of extra time remaining, local lad Wayne Corden was left unmarked to sweep the ball home at the far post. Thankfully, the Gunners survived a tense penalty shootout after Lee Dixon's effort was saved by Paul Musselwhite with Seaman saving Ian Bogies when Alan Tankard blazed over. The Gunners sneaked through 4-3 on penalties a potential banana skin had been swerved. Just three days later, their fifth game in 14 days saw the Gunners travel to Coventry City, where they came away with a 2-2 draw. Noel Whelan 
had given the Sky Blues a 21st minute lead but Dennis Bergkamp, 50, and Anelka, 57th, turned it around after the break before Dion Dublin earned the home side a point from the box on 66 minutes after Patrick Vieira handled in the box. The French midfielder would see red shortly after for foul and abusive language. On a brighter note, Tony Adams came through a full reserve outing against Chelsea as his recovery from injury gathered pace and was fit to return to Premiership action with the Gunners again on the road, this time at Middlesbrough, with Alex Manager deputising in gold for the injured David Seaman. Over Mars and Ray Parler put Arsenal in a commanding 2-0 lead after just 19 minutes of an entertaining clash with former gunner Paul Merson putting one back for Borough in the second half. But Arsenal did enough to hold their one goal advantage to pick up three valuable points. I felt a bit stiff at the end, but I expected that, said Adams. The last few months have been a worry for me. Before Christmas, I was depressed and concerned about the injuries I had. I even wondered to myself if it was all over. Some days I got out of bed and couldn't walk properly. Those five days in the south of France, earlier in the month, were crucial. Yes, it was hard, and I need some matches under my belt. This was the start. I'm fit and ready to have another go. Meanwhile, Lee Dixon took exception to a perceived snub from Alex Ferguson. I saw him on TV last weekend, and he didn't include us among the teams he saw as a threat. We'll be looking to show him that was a mistake. Speaking of TV, Wright was using his recovery time to make a name for himself on the small screen. He hosted a one-off chat show, Friday Night's All Right, this month with singer Lionel Richie, girl band of the moment All Saints, boxer Nassim Hamed and Coventry City striker Dion Dublin. He played the saxophone, his first guests. And the reviews were glowing, with one TV critic describing the host as a TV natural. Wright was also pretty pleased, especially with the backing of his teammates. He added, I enjoyed the experience. The boys all said they enjoyed it too, because they recognised that it was me being myself. Back at Highbury, the club assured supporters it was still considering expanding Highbury to a 50,000-seat stadium by redeveloping the Clock End and West Stand, or moving to nearby King's Cross or Wembley. On the pitch, an injury-ravaged Arsenal gained a small advantage over Chelsea in the first leg of their Coca-Cola Cup semi-final, winning 2-1 courtesy of goals from Mark Overmars and Stephen Hughes. Arsenal were dominant throughout, but were left to rue missed chances, further compounded when Mark Hughes scored in the second half to give the Blues a valuable away goal. Ed De Hoy made some great saves. He was exceptional, said Wenger, but I was disappointed that we dropped our level towards the end of the game. Players tried to score on their own when a pass would have been better. The month of January ended in emphatic fashion with a 3-0 home win over Southampton with Dennis Bergkamp, Adams and Nicholas Anelka 
all scoring in six second half minutes. Significantly, at the same time, leaders Manchester United slipped to a disappointing 1-0 home defeat to Leicester City courtesy of a Tony Cotty goal. Arsenal were closing in on the champions. Match action. Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal. Sunday, January the 7th, 2018 at 1600. FA Cup third round. Game number 33. Venue, City Ground. Referee, Jonathan Moss. Attendance, 27,182. Away fans, 4,257. Nottingham Forest, 4. Arsenal, 2. Scoring for Nottingham Forest were Lichai in the 20th and 44th minute, Bereton in the 64th with a penalty, and Dowell in the 84th minute with a penalty. Scoring for Arsenal were Mertesacker in the 23rd minute and Welbeck in the 79th. Playing for Nottingham Forest were 43 Smith, 2 Lichaj, 42 Worrell, 4 Mancien, 6 Traore, 24 Vaughan, 11 Osborne, 14 Cash, substituted in the 87th minute, 20 Dowell, substituted in the 90th minute, 16 Clough, Substituted in the 56th minute. 17. Brereton. Substitutes. 5. Mills. Brought on in the 90th minute. 10. Mackay. Brought on in the 87th minute. 30. Henderson. 31. Bukalakis. 34. Walker. Brought on in the 56th minute. 35. Cummings. And 39. Velios. Match stats for Notts Forest. Total shots 12, shots on target 9, corners 4, offsides 2, fouls 12, possession 31%. Playing for Arsenal were 13, Ospina, 2, Debushi, substituted in the 87th minute, 16, Holding, 30, Maitland-Niles, 4, Metasaka, 35, Elneny, 69, Willock, substituted in the 65th minute, 14, Walcott, 17, Iwobi, 61 Nelson, 23 Welbeck. Substitutes, 32 Agpom, brought on in the 87th minute, 54 Macy, 22 Hren Adelaide, 43 De Silva, 62 Nkitia, brought on in the 65th minute, 63 Osetutu, 21 Chambers. Stats for Arsenal were, total shots 14, shots on target 4, corners 3, Offside 1, fouls 7. Possession 69%. Man of the match was David Ospina. Match facts. This is the first time Arsenal have been eliminated at the third round stage since 1996. This was only Forrest's second win over us in the past 15 meetings. This was Per Matasaka's 10th Arsenal goal, but the first not scored by his head. First half. A much-changed Arsenal side, starting the defence of the trophy, fell behind to Championship side Forest on 20 minutes when Eric Lecharge stole in at the near post to divert home a fierce free kick. Permetasaka stabbed home an equaliser after Rob Holding's header fell to him off the post, but Forrest retook the lead just before the break. It was American defender Lecharge who claimed the goal again, 
this time with a long-range effort straight into the top corner when the gunners failed to clear their lines. It was a deserved lead for the hosts at the break. Second half. Early in the second half, Forrest extended their lead from the penalty spot. Holding brought down Matty Cash and the impressive Ben Brereton netted. Arsenal hit back. Danny Welbeck was in the right place to tuck home after Forest keeper Jordan Smith dropped the ball at his feet. Any hopes of forcing a replay died late on, though, when Forrest were awarded another penalty, this time for a foul by Mathieu Debuchy. Kieran Dowell dispatched it, though it looked as though he made double contact upon taking. A late red card for Joe Worrell couldn't dampen the host's celebrations. There are five photographs with this report, plus the small one under the score line. Clockwise from top left, Per Matasaka stabs home an equaliser. The skipper celebrates. Danny Welbeck gives Arsenal a lifeline. Mathieu Debuchy slides in. Ainsley Maitland-Niles strides forward. The Arsenal Foundation, my story. The Arsenal Foundation has helped Angel Shed Inclusive Theatre Company to give free places to children who would not normally get the chance to attend such activities, right here in Holloway. Sisters Leia 8 and Geordior 9 are two locals who are taking part. Geordior, we live in Islington, and before coming to Angel Shed I did street dance and Leia mostly played tennis. We found out about Angel Shed through our school because they were giving people a chance to go and it's free. Leia. I wanted to go because I like acting. I knew my sister was going, and when my teacher told us we could go, I told my mum and she said yes, so I'm here. We go together and we love it. Giordio. At first we play games just to get into the mood, and also if there's new people we tell each other our names and what we like. Leia. The acting and the singing are my favourite bits, and my favourite song from this term's show is called Don't Be Afraid. Giordio. It's a little nerve-wracking being on stage because you're like, oh, what's this line I forgot? Or, what's the next dance move? So you're freaking out, but you need to calm yourself down and just try to remember everything you're supposed to be doing. I feel very proud of myself after performing, and it's just like I've expressed myself through acting. It's a really good thing for people who can't express themselves. Leia I actually feel happy that I've remembered everything, because when I'm on stage I forget, but when I'm saying it, it just comes out. When you come off stage you think, oh, I just did something I've never done before. Giordio. Being at Angel Shed, I've gained more confidence in myself, because usually I would be one of the people who was shy in class and would take a back seat. I'm making new friends every day, and I just love it. Leia. My ambitions in life are acting or being a teacher. That's what I really want to be. Giordio. I'm not sure what I want to be, so I'm just waiting to show me what I want to be. There's dancing and there's acting and there's singing that I want to do. But there's also gymnastics. Leia. We're both big Arsenal fans. I love Arsenal. Giordio. Yes, our brother has been to a game and we can't wait to go. It's really good that Angel Shed receives help from a local football club because they're giving us support and they don't ask for anything back. Angel Shed is just a place where you can be yourself. You don't have to hide behind a mask or pretend to be someone you're not. 
Find Islington Borough Ladies on Facebook and Twitter. For more info, visit www.angelsheddtheatre.org.uk. Teams for Arsenal, manager Arsene Wenger, red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks. 2. Mathieu Debussy. 4. Per Matasaka. 6. Laurent Kozielny. 7. Alexis Sanchez. 8. Aaron Ramsey. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Jack Wilshire. 11. Mesut Ozil. 12. Olivier Giroud. 13. David Ospina, goalkeeper. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Alex Iwobi. 18. Nacho Monreal. 19. Santi Carzola. 20. Shkodran Mustafi. 21. Callum Chambers. 22. Jeff Huen Adelaide. 23. Danny Welbeck. 24. Hector Bellerin. 27. Konstantinos Mafropanos. 29. Granit Xhaka. 30. Ainsley Maitland Niles. 31. Siad Kalasinak. 32. Chuba Akpom. 33. Petra Jack, goalkeeper. 35. Mohamed Elnani. 43. Josh Da Silva. 44. Vlad Dragomir. 47. Charlie Gilmore. 50. Dan Ilyev, goalkeeper. 54. Matt Macy, goalkeeper. 58. Marcus McGain. 61. Rhys Nelson. 62. Eddie Nketiah. 63. Jordi Osetutu. 65. Ben Sheaf. 69. Joe Willock. For Crystal Palace, manager Roy Hodgson. Black shirts, shorts and socks. 1. Julian Sparoni, goalkeeper. 2. Joel Ward. 3. Patrick Van Anholt. 4. Luka Milovacevic. 5. James Tonkins. 6. Scott Dan. 7. Johan Cabe. 8. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. 10. Andros Townsend. 11. Wilfried Zaha. 12. Mamadou Sarko. 13. Wayne Hennessy, goalkeeper. 14. Lee Chung Yong. 15. Jeffrey Schlup. 17. Christian Bentike. 18. James MacArthur. 19. Freddie Ladapu. 21. Connor Wickham. 22. Jordan Much. 23. Papa Suare. 24. Timothy Fosu Mensa. 25. Sully Keikai. 26. Bakri Sako. 27. Damien Delaney. 28. Jason Lokilo. 29. Aram Wan Bisaka. 30. Dion Henry, goalkeeper. 32. Levi Lumika. 34. Martin Kelly. 35. Michael Phillips. 42. Jason Punchin. 44. Yaro Riederwald. Officials. Referee Chris Kavanagh. Assistant referees Peter Kirkup. Adam Nunn. Fourth official. Andre Mariner. Today's other fixtures all 3pm unless stated. Brighton and Hove Albion versus Chelsea at 12.30pm. Burnley versus Manchester United. Everton versus West Bromwich Albion. Leicester City versus Watford. Stoke City versus Huddersfield Town. West Ham United versus Bournemouth. Manchester City versus Newcastle United at 5.30pm. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Music
Arsene Wenger, that brings us to the end of this audio production of the Arsenal Matchday programme. Puma One. Play perfect. Gatorade. It all begins from within. Every victory starts from within. That's where the heart and the drive live. The determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. Gatorade is proud to fuel any athlete who believes greatness comes from within. Gatorade. Win from within. Copyright 2013. S-VC.H. Gatorade and G-Design are registered trademarks of s-vc.inc. Do everything once in a lifetime in Australia and New Zealand. Don't just visit, live it. From the rugged outback and spectacular coastlines to adventure sports and natural wonders. Choose from seven destinations on emirates.com slash UK. Hello tomorrow. Emirates.